My name is Matthew Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. It's a pleasure to welcome you all during Fiesta Week. Uh, last week I preached on the Sunday after Easter in the sanctuary and I told about the different secrets that Jesus reveals if you stick around after big events like Easter. So it was fun. And I wonder if there's some kind of biblical connection to like Sundays during Fiesta. Um, so uh, I get to be one of the pastors here. Um, oh, we missed the band. If you all give the band a round of applause. Um, gosh, I love that song at the end. Whew. Wow. That was good. Okay, uh, get out your uh, pen and paper or phones if you want to jot down on them. Or uh, if you don't have it, just mental note. We're going to do a few activities uh, this morning. Um, I want you, uh, I noticed this time of year, we're all busy with Fiesta. Um, I, I was at King William yesterday and I saw these young kids that looked exhausted and worn out and tired. And parents were pouring bottles of water on their kids to try and cool them down. That was hilarious. Um, but I, I feel like this time of year, it's always the same kind of thing. The end of April, everybody's kind of tired. The it's, weather's getting good outside. Kids are like really cagey. They don't want to be inside. They're almost ready for summer. Um, so we're going to start off with an unusual activity. I want you all to write out a list of the things in your life right now that uh, bother you, that stress you out, uh, that frustrate you, that thing or things where you're just like, Ugh, and, and just get it all out on paper. I'm going to give you a little time to do that on your phone, on your paper, in your mind, something like that. Okay, do we get get that down? Do we have those things in mind? Some of y'all are still writing, that's okay. Keep capturing them as I'm doing this. All right. There's a little passage from a friend of mine, wrote, friend of mine that wrote this for y'all. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, us, you and I, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they have already seen? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is the word of the Lord. All right, now with that same pen and paper or phone or mental list, I'd like you to write out a list of things that you delight in, that you love, that you're grateful for. All right, when I did this, the, less, the list of things that were stressing me out were a lot shorter than the grateful list. When I listed the things that were stressing me out, I could focus in them in kind of a half a page kind of thing. Whereas the grateful list just kept going and going and going, and finally I kind of trailed off and stopped. But one thing I noticed, I don't know if any of y'all noticed this, when I did the list of things I was stressed about, it, it's like it honed in my stress. It's like it gave me something to focus on in frustration. And then when I did the list of things I was grateful for, I noticed at the end I was smiling. Do any of you all have a similar response or reaction? Yeah. Uh, one of the articles I read for this morning, uh, written by a researcher, a professor out of UC Davis, has been researching gratefulness for over a decade, Dr. Robert Emmons wrote, people who focus on gratitude by keeping a list of what they were grateful for, exercised more often, have fewer symptoms, felt better about their lives, and were more positive about the week ahead compared to those who recorded hassles or neutral life events. I love the end of that. Compared to those who recorded hassles or neutral life events. As if some people write down all the things that really make them mad. Um, and then that's what led me to try this exercise. I thought, what in the world? And so I actually wrote it out. Interestingly enough, in my research, I found that uh, they actually recommend that you write out the things that you're really anxious about and stressful about because it gets it out of you. It gets it on paper. And then you can begin to look at it a little more productively and objectively. Um, but I kept coming back to that phrase, um, who recorded hassles uh, or neutral life events. And I think we actually do record our hassles. Uh, and it plays for a lot of us in a track uh, on repeat in our mind. Um, but actually, there's this reality that we're called uh, not to recite and play these over and over again, but uh, to be to be grateful. I, I think for... For many of us, gratitude can be hard because we want to complain. Um, for me, I get caught out of gratitude because I, there's difficult things going on and I'm not really sure how to deal with them. I noticed um, when there's discomforts in my life and I'm, I don't like them, I, I kind of want to whine for comfort. Uh, and, and I think that might be uh, in times where we don't know how to ask for what we need. 
or maybe we're afraid of something we're being asked to do and we're not sure we can do it. Um, I also notice in my reading this reality of unmet expectations coming up a lot. Uh, as, as many of y'all have heard the line, expectations are merely preparations for disappointment. Um, I'm not sure how much of that is a joke or, or not, but I, I think we can set ourselves up with these really high expectations. Um, I, ke- I kept thinking of Christmas vacation where he's asking his wife, he, he, I want to have our entire family together in our house and celebrate a big family Christmas. And uh, she says, I just don't want you to get your hopes up. And he says, when have I ever done that? And she said, uh, you set expectations that no family event could ever live up to. And she recites all these examples of this. Um, but for me, I think a lot of times we're, I'm caught in ways that I don't know how to get out of it. Um, and, and that turn to gratefulness. Um, and, and I've got a few questions for you. If you're caught in that frustration where you're focusing on the things that we probably shouldn't be, uh, where we're really negative, where we're really worried, um, uh, the turn for gratefulness can actually get us out of that. Um, so here are some questions that I found that were helpful. Um, we can just ask simply, what, what is the good in this? Where, you know, what's, let's look at what's going on and, and look at the positive. Um, how could it? How could this be worse? Um, I, I like I like that question. I thought it was funny. Um, we oftentimes tend to see what's missing or what could be better. Um, but I like that question. How could this be worse? And it helps us recognize uh, uh, what's going really well. Um, and then how can I learn from this? Even in the midst of difficult or even horrible situations, uh, we can see plenty of good coming from it. Um, but uh, those are some questions I came across to kind of turn us from focusing on the negative to focusing on the positive. Um, but but through all this, um, time and time again, and the stuff I read for this morning, it, it just comes back to the reality that our approach in our response to things is our choice. Um, that gratitude is not a result of things going well. It is a result of an intentional choice by us for how we will respond to things. Uh, and I, I found that fascinating. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of this ties into back to what, what gratitude brings in our lives. I found this quote by Brother Stendhal Rast. When you are grateful, you are not fearful. And when you are not fearful, you are not violent. When you are grateful, you act out of a sense of enough and not out of a sense of scarcity. And you are willing to share. If you are grateful, you are enjoying the differences between people and respectful to all people. A grateful world is a world of joyful people. Grateful people are joyful people. A grateful world is a happy world. Um, and, and a lot of this gratefulness focuses us in on what is good, what is beautiful, what is praiseworthy. And, and, and like we said before, this is a choice. Um, you, you've probably heard of the study where they ask, uh, how many red cars did you pass on the way to church this morning? And, and you'll think back and you'll say, well, some, but not a ton. Well, on the drive home today, now that we've brought that up, um, your, your focus will be drawn back to that. And you'll start to notice more and more of the red cars that were actually there all along. Um, we feed on certain things that we focus on. And our focus really shifts a lot of that for us. And like we said, this this is a choice. Um, Robert, uh, Professor Emmons, who I quoted earlier, talked about how he and his colleagues found 
that grateful people did not seem to ignore or deny the negative aspects of life. They simply chose to appreciate uh, what's positive and going well in those situations. Um, so it's this this intentional focus of what we're gonna what we're gonna highlight. Gratefulness also brings for us uh, a new perspective on things. Uh, one of the realities is that you and I can experience many things, uh, same things, but experience them in different ways. Uh, one of the articles I read talked about teams that go through similar experiences, but reflect on them differently and therefore assign different meanings. So biblically, you can think about the spies being sent into the promised land. They have the same experience, but they report different things. Or, uh, you know, it's it's how we are choosing to respond to this. Uh, we assign a different meaning to it. And that meaning is what means so much. It's not so much the actual experience. It's the meaning we assign to it. So gratefulness actually gives us a leg up by looking at the situation and seeing what's going well and what's positive and what's negative and how we can choose to respond to that. So it shifts a lot of, of how we look at this. Another aspect that people focused on was this reality of our connectedness, our interdependence. Uh, the fact that so much of what we do on a daily basis isn't actually totally dependent on us, and being aware of that helps make us very grateful. Uh, one of the articles I read, uh, the writer talked about all the different things in his life that has to happen between the time he wakes up and the time he gets to school, uh, uh, school or work. So you, if you, he, and he starts you through the whole list. He says, okay, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is I wake up. And he said, you know, I, I have life to give thankful for. And he said, the next thing I do is I get out of bed. And, and you know, that requires my health, which I can give thankful I can give praise for. And then he talks about how he lives in a safe neighborhood. So he wakes up in a peaceful environment. Uh, he talks about the electricity that's necessary for his alarm, the running water uh, that comes from the shower, the clothes uh, that are made by other people, the gas that powers his car, the streets that he drives on, uh, the other people observing traffic laws uh, to bring enough order for him to get to work. And then, and then even more than that, the grandeur of, you know, the whole of creation and the earth and the weather and on and on. And he lists all the things that happen in the first two hours of his day just to get him to work and how many other people are involved in that and how much he has to be grateful for. Uh, the author Anne Lamont, who many of y'all will be familiar with, writes in her, her work in the Book of Joy, Gratitude connects us all. When we are grateful for a meal, we can be grateful for the food that we are eating and for all those who have made the meal possible, the farmers, the grocers, and the cooks. Um, gratitude reminds us that we are part of something that is so much bigger than ourselves. And as we start to give thanks for other things, we stop focusing on ourselves and start appreciating all these things around us. I was surprised in my research how much health value uh, there is in gratitude. Um, the article talks about how grateful people report more positive emotions, more vitality and optimism, a greater life satisfaction, as well as lower levels of stress and depression. And the articles go into all the serotonin and dopamine that's released in the body as we give thanks uh, to other people. Interestingly enough, one of the things that the research talked about was uh, kind of this causal effect with the idea of smiling. And many of you have seen this. If you stand, uh, it's even uh, greater, the effect of it is even greater if you stand in a mirror. 
Um, but if you just smile for, say, 20 seconds, um, positive emotions are released in your body and you actually feel happier. If you do this in a mirror, so you're actually observing someone who's smiling, um, the effects are even greater. And then uh, many of you have heard the study where you actually stand in front of a mirror and laugh. So you're laughing yourself and then you're watching someone else laugh. Uh, and and it, it really changes uh, the makeup of your body and how it responds. But Essentially, our bodies are made to give thanks and praise. We're made to be joyful. We're made to interact with these, with others in joy. So actually, us being around folks who are smiling makes us brighter and happier and all these things. For those of you who've raised children, you know this, where kids are learning to mirror their parents. And so you smile at them and they smile back. And it's almost this contagious thing. Um, but the same thing happens if you notice... Uh, one of the articles talked about uh, doing experiments by walking into a store where you don't know the people and you change uh, your demeanor. So you walk in with a bright, smiley face and you greet them and you see how they greet you. And then you go in real downtrodden and frustrated and you watch how it affects people. Uh, but I've been surprised uh, these past couple of weeks how much that those things affect us. Um, the articles highlighted that. Um, you know, it asks, they end with the question, do we smile because we're happy or are we happy because we smile? And most of the times, uh, just like gratefulness, it's this, this choice that we have, uh, to do this. So how can we, uh, apply these things to our lives? What does this, this look like lived out? Um, many of the articles I read recommended list writing, uh, like we did, uh, to start the time together. Uh, just simply, uh, taking note of what is going on in our lives and what we um, what we are thankful for. Uh, some of the th- the things I read will do this on a regular basis. One of the guys I read, he'll do this at night before bed in a journal. He'll write down at least five things he's thankful for from that day. Uh, I have some friends that are uh, husband and wife, and at the end of the day, they will turn to their spouse and say, you know, here are the things, two things I was grateful for today. So they're ending the day. Uh, with with words of gratefulness on their lips, um, m- many people chose to write letters. Um, some of y'all are familiar uh, with the Mark Zuckerberg in 2014. He he did a he did a campaign to write a thank you letter every day of the year and talked about how much more positive he was, how much more connected he was, and how that opened up past relationships for him in beautiful ways. Um, uh, ironically enough. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's thank you notes came up a lot in my research on the thank you letters. Um, for those of y'all not familiar on Friday nights, he writes like funny thank you notes uh, to folks. Uh, there was a fellow that I read about, John Kraluk, who wrote a book, 365 Thank Yous, The Year a Simple Act of Daily Gratitude Changed My Life. This was fascinating. Uh, this man, a struggling attorney having a lot of troubles, had been through a divorce, was isolated and feeling alone, and uh, on kind of a dark night of the soul thing, walking through the forest, hears a voice whispering to him, um, I can't give you the things uh, that, that you need in life until you appreciate the things I have already given you. Um, and it, he stops and he hears this voice again saying this, so he decides to start to be grateful for the things he has. And a friend has written him a small thank you note uh, for a gift from around Christmas. So he sets off to use the thank you note as a way to do this. 
writes thank you notes for every little thing he encounters, even if it's like a you know waitress in a diner kind of thing. You know, thanks for great service, and it and it really changes his mood and his attitude. And then it it ends up to this great connection with other folks uh, where he's really connected. Uh, a friend of my dad's would always tell the story. Uh, he, he was a businessman who had a personal secretary, and she would sort, sort his mail. And uh, he said, I want you to know how I get my mail. And he said, all advertisements are thrown out. Things that are addressed to me electronically are on the bottom. Uh, things that are, uh, or things that are just addressed to our address are at the bottom. Things that are addressed to me electronically are on the second. And then on the top pile, um, are handwritten notes that are personally addressed. And he said, I want you to know these are the things that I read first. And so if you want to get my attention, that's how you do it. Um, and interestingly enough, for those of us who um, still receive handwritten letters, it's a very personal thing uh, that means a lot when people do this. Uh, one of the things that was recounted uh, in the reading I did was about uh, the Tar Heels basketball coach at University of North Carolina. For those of us who went to Duke, we're not huge fans of his. But Dean Smith, in a lot of ways, was just a very upstanding man. And one of the things that his players talked about was he would send out a letter each year, which is a typewritten letter, same thing to everybody, just updating former players on the, on the, on the program. But, uh, at the bottom, he would write a, a sentence or, or two, uh, to the players by name and knowing their family by name and what was going on in their family because he kept up with them. And some of the players interviewed uh, for this documentary, still had the the letters uh, that he had sent, even though it was one to three sentences. Um, this short kind of appreciation just makes so much of a difference. Um, I, I think the other thing that I really like in this is is doing an appreciation night. Um, some folks that I read about did it at the dinner table with their family, where they go around and say one thing that you appreciate about someone else, and. Uh, some people use it at their teams. Um, I've done this some in small groups where you go around, you have someone kind of on the hot seat, and you go around and each person says something they're grateful about that person. And I guarantee you, you will not be able to do this exercise uh, without crying. Uh, there's just no way. And at the end, uh, the team feels a lot closer together, and they realize things that the others appreciate that they, they did that they were never aware of. Um, I think there's, uh, there's also a practice that my, uh, one of my mentors asked me to do this year that I found very satisfying. He had me go through the past year with a, um, a colleague and look at all the different things that had gone on and that God had done. And, um, one of the things I realized is that in the midst of the busyness of our days, when we're just go, 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 we tend to lose sight of all the wonderful things that God is doing. And taking stock and account of that uh, is, is just, in my experience, very powerful. So finally, why, why is it that we do all this? Um, I think first and foremost, it's good. Um, it's good for us. It has a positive effect on our lives. Um, many of you all probably listening out these things you're grateful for noticed um, kind of how you're like, yeah, I am really grateful for these things. Um, it's good for us. Metaphysically, it has a great effect on our body. Um, but we're called to do this. We're created for worship. I mean, the ways that we spend our morning this morning 
resonates with us at a deep, deep level that we will probably never realize until we see God face to face. We have a loving God who is wonderful and and is described in in no better way than I know in one word of love. And and he is good and he is timeless and he is for us, as the scripture said this morning, and he is worthy of our praise. And when we praise him, there is something about that that just falls into line with all of its intention. As you notice, when we do it together, it's even more powerful. Um, there's, I tend to start my days with worship when I get up and, um, then I'll have some scripture time in scripture and time in prayer. Um, but I always, I've noticed that I always have worship going on in the background during those times. And it really, um, helps us to focus in on God, but also join others in worship. Um, I, there is this funny, funny reality, um, that when we begin to know more of God, in my experience, we begin to praise him more and we begin to see our lives more and more as a gift from God. And the things that we have tend to be, uh, I find, more special um, and then with that more appreciated. I'd encourage you all uh, to try some of these things, to try the list making, to try the letter writing, uh, to try encouraging your family. The other part of this is you don't have to be really overt in telling them about it. Uh, a lot of the stuff I read about was just small things like a post-it note on the mirror or, you know, just a short text. Hey, I really appreciate how you did this. And that kind of thing brings a big bump um, for the other person. But I think you will find as you start to do this, it really transforms how people respond to you. And um, I've been surprised as I've stepped out in some of these things how um, much our society and the people around us really need that gratefulness and that praise. So will you, uh, will you bow your heads in prayer with me? Heavenly Father, we bless you uh, that you are a good God and that you are worthy of our praise. And we thank you, Lord, that you call us um, to be yours and to respond to your love uh, with that praise and delight. We thank you for the many things that you do for us. And even in the midst of our difficulties, Lord, I pray that you would teach us to ever have your praise on our lips. We thank you for this morning and this opportunity to praise you with one another. We pray all these things thanking you in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.